The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanke. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke. Welcome and happy Earth Day, everyone. What boomerang are you throwing out regarding this great planet of ours? For those of you who have been following along and those of you who haven't, the boomerang effect is a nice little visual for you to understand that what you throw out into the world is exactly what you get back. And it is my heart's desire through this show to start a movement of people who are fully empowered to say that their boomerang is one of love, kindness, possibility, peace, happiness, true power. And so I have a wonderful story to share with you today to demonstrate the boomerang movement and the honoring of a dear friend and the honoring of Earth Day and how they're all tied together. And it happens to be regarding my great nephew, Riley, who lost his best friend, Colvin. And to honor Colvin's memory, Riley began a recycling project. So for Riley, Earth Day isn't just today, April 22nd. It's really every day because he uses some of Colvin's clothing and materials to honor his dear friend's memory. He makes hair clips for Colvin's younger sister, who wasn't even born yet when Colvin passed away. So Riley received a beautiful write-up in the newspaper today, and Riley says that he didn't do it for the recognition at all. He did it because he just loves his friend, and that is such an amazing uh demonstration of the boomerang effect. And I can definitely tell you that when you nurture the spirit of love and kindness in people, especially in children, that they automatically act in their true nature of love, because that's what we're all made of. And when you nurture that, that is what emanates from these children. So it's truly remarkable. So what boomerang are you throwing out this week? Keep me posted. Be sure to send me an email or a Facebook message to let me know the effects of your boomerang. And with me today is my very dear friend, John Vroman. And John is uh, an example of someone who has taken the boomerang effect and thrown it out in a really big way. And I'm so very proud of John's accomplishments, of what he has done up to this point in his really in his life, which he's much younger than I am. So, um, and also what he's about to do and continues to do uh, in his in his work and in his passion. So, John 
is the epitome of an entrepreneurial spirit. John's work in the direct sales industry at various positions was the perfect foundation for him to launch his career today as an award-winning speaker, author, and coach. And moving into a successful career as an entrepreneur to reach countless lives with his inspiring message would be enough for most people. However, John's passion lies in his charity, the Front Row Foundation. John's path to forming the Front Row Foundation is really an interesting one indeed and a story that he's going to share with us today. And what makes John's life full of purpose and significance is the tremendous growth and outreach of the Front Row Foundation. John's vision for the Front Row Foundation is to have a recipient at all events around the world experiencing that particular event from the front row so that in that moment, the recipient can forget about their health challenges and health issues. John has committed his life to living it in the front row, and he wants all of you to do the same. And I've known John for many, many years now, and I've had an opportunity to watch John blossom into using his gifts and his passions to uh, demonstrate that to the world and bring that love and passion to the world. So thank you, John, for joining us today. We're so excited to have you on the show today and so excited for your message to uh, share with everyone. Uh, Fee, I feel so good after hearing you say all that, and uh, it's great to be here. Well, let's start, John, with the early days for you and your success in your work. You did hold a high-profile executive job, but you were looking to embrace something more. Please tell me and our listeners what it was that prompted you to leave a really successful corporate job and what you were feeling that made you uh, know that it was time for you to kind of venture out and embrace something uh, greater than in yourself. Yeah. And Pete, thank you for asking that question because it's so fun to walk you know, through the memories of this, too. So th- this is great fun for me. Um, if, I, if I go back to the moment when <laughs> I knew that I was, I was destined to leave my current position and pursue this, this life I in, had created in my mind and wanted to bring into reality, um, I, I think it was one of hitting, uh, in some ways, a, a level of frustration of not growing not achieving my fullest potential in my current role. While on the surface it might have looked really great, you know, uh, it was earning great money, and uh, anybody looking from the outside in would have said, oh, everybody would want that job. Oh, it's a great job. I work with amazing people, and all of that was true. I loved it, but there was a part of me that knew when I, when I was quiet enough, and I remember learning this from you, and I was quiet enough to listen to what my heart was saying and what my soul was was, was, was pushing or pulling me towards, I, I knew it was this world of coaching, speaking, writing, and running the charity. I knew that to be the case. And so um, I think that I made this decision to go out and pursue this world at a time when I, I, I knew if I looked into the future, uh, you know, when I was on my deathbed, let's say, looking back on my life, what would I have been proud of? What decision would I have been really proud of? And it was to take that leap of faith and go pursue what I felt I was destined to do. So it was one of uh, 
checking in with how I felt right now and I was frustrated of not growing. And the other one was looking into the future and asking myself what decision would I have been proud of. And, uh, and, and I think you know this, Steve, but when I did take the leap, I was also getting married. Uh, within that first year of starting the, my entrepreneurial endeavors, I had a child. <laughs> I had moved into a new house. I had all these things going on. Um, but I said to my wife, and I'll never forget this moment, I said, you know, everything's going to be okay. I know it's going to take time, and there's going to be some painful lessons along the way. But I said, I am 100% confident this will work out. And even if that meant that we had to, I had to get a part-time job in the evenings or weekends and I had to move into my parents' basement to make this happen, it was going to work. And so that was all the moment where we took that leap of faith. And really, it was truly a leap of faith because you were taking a risk and expanding outside of your comfort zone to, and, and your wonderful wife, Tatiana, uh, was holding your hand right there along with you and saying, yes, honey, let's do this. Yeah, huge risk, but, um, but felt very great, felt, felt great about taking that leap of faith, knowing that even... And that no matter what happened, I would be proud of that moment, you know, of, of taking that leap. And I sh- I'm sure you can say these years later that that leap was, had rewards beyond what you ever could have imagined. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And way to listen to your heart's desire and your soul to really um, take your gifts and talents. And this is what I love too share with people who I'm, I'm coaching and, and just people in general is everyone has amazing gifts and talents and we are all created as a beautiful mosaic here and no two people are alike and it's everyone's opportunity to take the gifts that they have been given and give them away and that's what I've seen you do and I've seen you blossom as a result of it, and it has created so many, many amazing rewards for you. So I'm just, that's why I'm just so proud of you, John. Thank you. You're welcome. You mentioned some of those painful lessons that you had in your conversation with Tatiana at the beginning that, um, that you knew that there were going to be some lessons early on as you were starting out. Can you give our listeners some of those early lessons of starting out as an entrepreneur and what value those lessons had on building your business today? Well, I'm a people guy. And so the lesson that I keep learning every year, (laughs) it gets burned into my brain and my soul is that it, it all comes back to people uh, relationships are the key in, in so many different ways. Uh, in, in my business, uh, which you know, I'm, I'm speaking to college students oftentimes, or I'm, I'm, I'm directly supporting people and helping and coaching in their lives, uh, so much of what I do is about serving people, developing a relationship. Also, learning from people is is just a huge part of success in the entrepreneurial endeavors, I think. How do you talk to somebody who's walked the road before you and really listen? You know, so many of us want to be leaders, but um, being a follower, being somebody that can really listen and hear advice from entrepreneurs, but also from your audience, from the people that you serve, listening to those folks. So many of us want to go out and share our message. We feel compelled. We know what our message is, and we want to go out and speak it to the world. 
Um, but a lot of what comes in from, or at least what was the case for me when I de- was developing my voice to be able to share it with people, a great deal of that came by listening to my audience, listening to their feedback, what they loved or what they needed, where their pains were. And so it was, for me, the lessons early on were all about relationships. It was how do I connect more with people, both those that I serve and both those that I'm aspiring to become more like. Um, And I think that, you know, I'd add to that just as a little icing on the cake. That's the biggest one. That's the biggest lesson. But the icing on the cake would be that it's a, Entrepreneurs face this dilemma sometimes of whether you're persistent with your idea or you're flexible and adaptable to change. Like, how long do you push the idea forward? You hear people say, you know, I, I was preaching this idea for years and nobody thought it was a good idea until all of a sudden, boom, it popped and it was a huge success. And then sometimes you hear people say, the best decision I ever made was to stop doing that idea and do this other thing. And if I, uh, you know, when do you stay the course and when do you make a change? And I think that it was about really listening, checking in, to quote you, um, <laughs> and, and figuring out where do you, what do you believe in enough to stand like a rock with, not be flexible, and, and just get better at communicating the message, you know, and, and where do you remain flexible and adaptable and change along the route? And so for me, it was, I knew that this front row brand, our brand, was one that we wanted to stick with. But we had to remain flexible and be willing to change how we presented the ideas or how we communicated, how we served, so that it would, it would work. And I'll never forget telling the first, very first person ever about this front row idea, their response to me was, I don't get it. And if I would have used that feedback as, well, if they don't get it, then nobody will get it, then this wouldn't have come to life. But I said, how do we then communicate in a way people do get it? And then by changing, we have, now people get it. And so I, I, I believe those are critical elements. Connect and then be flexible, you know, along the way. So you, you learn, you adapt, and then you flex along the way. It's like my, my parenting strategy, engaged and flexible. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Great strategy as a parent, definitely. Be engaged and be flexible. Yeah, okay. those are that's that's terrific advice, John. Thank you. Sure. You had mentioned that your audience is uh, primarily college students, and can you talk a little bit about the message that you bring to those students? And so, what is it that you are looking to convey to your audience? Sophie, when I was in high school. Um, I was very short and very shy and very disengaged with my life. And I had this, this life-changing moment where I was at a Jason Mraz concert in the back row. I looked to the front. I saw there was all this energy in the front. And what happened was I made this decision that I wasn't going to be a spectator of life anymore. In the back row, I was going to be a participant in the front row. And so... That was the moment, by the way, that I, that the idea of being in the front row had hit me. And so what I do now for students is help to inspire or encourage them to not be a spectator of life, but to be a participant. One of the greatest challenges that colleges and universities face is the engagement level of their students. 
Some people show up, go to class, go home. They don't really engage deeply in the process or engage in all of what the activity that the university would offer. And so my message is living college life in the front row. And it's one that I'm often brought in for an orientation or a leadership event. It's to encourage people to not watch it go by, but to step up and have the courage to participate. And so much of why we don't do what we're born to do in life is because we're afraid of what we look like in front of others. The reason we don't dance on the dance floor is because we're afraid that our dance moves aren't good enough. Or if we participate and say something, it won't be good enough or people will judge us, right? And as you know, and if you've taught me over the years, if you're not good enough, then you won't, you're in your belief, if you're not good enough, then you won't be loved. And that's the, one of the deepest fears that we have. So mine is to help alleviate that fear and help students engage in their college years so that they can get the most out of it because we all know it costs a lot of money to go so you better get something out of it you know so yes i know it intrinsically (laughs) as i have a son in college and a daughter that is currently looking to go to college uh, after next year. So yes, it is very expensive. And, and, uh, and I do love the message and how it translates, not just to college students, but to anyone that's out there that has not participated in their lives. And if they, if they have just, if they feel like they're just living in, in that comfortable as I talked to you last week, John, as we were formulating the, the title and the focus of, of your interview today, you know, going from a life of survival to success to significance. And uh, that was based on an interview that I watched uh, on Oprah a week ago or a week and a half ago. And um, it really struck me that that's exactly what you have done. And what I've gotten a chance to witness with you, John, is this amazing transformation of, you know, when you were working early on and just out of college, that would be called survival mode. And then you you moved up, moved up the corporate ladder, and you definitely attained success. But then when the significance really came in is, um, you know, when you started giving your gifts and talents away. And that's what's been so fun for me to watch is you cultivating and working these gifts and talents to be able to share with the world and make a difference and make an impact while you're doing it. And that's what uh, I feel is really important in living life in the front row is taking those gifts and talents and giving them away as as much as you can and as best as you can, whatever that looks like for you. And every single person out there has it. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Now, I know, John, uh, recently you ran a speaker's boot camp to share this message with others who are interested in being uh, speakers and, and, and bringing their message forward. And what do you wish to share with our listeners about the opportunities to speak to groups and organizations and uh, how that all fits and works for you? Yeah, well, I, I think everybody has this message within them that they need to share. And many people do it in different ways. They don't have to call themselves a professional speaker in order to go share their message 
you know, and be vocal about what they believe or to inspire others. I know that you can do that one-to-one. You know, if you have a conversation with somebody and they leave inspired, you are a speaker, a professional, you know, perhaps a professional speaker, even if you're a coach. So I know that the terms, um, you know, uh, I, I can, I can certainly blur the lines, but in the most, in the most simple way, I'm helping people who want to go out, stand on a stage, speak to people and share their message. And for me, since my, my most dominant market is the college market, I'm helping people to break into that world. And what I hope is that, that, you know, we can train, we can help speakers do it the right way. I think there's some people out there in our field, because there are in every industry or every profession that people don't represent it the way that you would hope they would. And then there's other people that do. And so I like, I learn from those speakers that do it for the right reasons. Some speakers might look at their audience as, as dollar signs, and they're always thinking about um, what's in it for them as the speaker. And other speakers look at it as how do I serve the most people in this audience and help them to take another step forward in their lives. I want to be part of the movement that trains people to speak in the right way from their heart, you know, sharing their message um, to really make a difference in the world. Like you said, from uh, feeling uh, that they're doing this from a place of significance and contribution, wanting to make a difference, wanting to give. And the more that we offer out, the more that we throw out the boomerang, right, comes back to us. Um, and I think we're all well taken care of in the end when we find a way to serve more people. So I, what I want to do is I just want to train speakers the right way, you know, uh, cause I just, I'm familiar enough that in any industry, whether it doesn't matter what job we're talking about, it could be a doctor or a, or a politician or even somebody in the charitable world. I don't think that everybody running charities out there is the, is the person I would want to follow. But I think right. you know, that, that, that I want to I want to help train the group that's focused on the right things. Wonderful, and you're certainly doing it right. We are going to take a quick break. You are listening to Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment do you want to directly impact your business results improve the quality of your life learn to empower yourself or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself if so directly connect with Fee Mazanki at Direct Connect Coaching Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fima Zanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Welcome back, everyone. I am joined today by my very special guest, John Vroman. And before the break, John, you were talking a little bit about your speaker's boot camp and the whole idea of the Front Row Foundation and how it came about from uh, sitting in the back row at a Jason Mraz concert. And I love that story. And um, I love how that whole, that just one, that one experience really birthed this whole amazing foundation. I do want to ask you how you're able to balance your work life and maintain the mission of the Front Row Foundation because I know they are two very large entities in your life. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit about your life-work balance and how, how you approach that. Yeah, well, one of my favorite subjects, <laughs> one I ask myself every day uh, of how, how do I balance this. And I, I think that there's a couple of things I would share for you. Number one is that the, the word would be harmony. I think that we all have to ask ourselves, and every listener here has to ask themselves, how do I create harmony with all the activities uh, that I want to be a part of in my life? So as an example, when I go speak to college students, I'll talk about Front Row Foundation, and a portion of all my profits go to support the charity. And so for me, it's about things that work in harmony with one another. If we balance different things, it's okay if they're two separate activities because the charity and my business are definitely two different organizations. But I ask myself constantly, how can, how can my business support the charity, as an example? Um, the other thing that I would say that helps me with my work-life balance is always asking, what, what can I say no to so that I can say yes to something else? If I take inventory of how I'm spending my day, investing my time, you know, constantly looking and saying, what can I eliminate? What in there is just filler? What do I have in there because I'm, I'm afraid to do something else? So I do busy things. And if constantly looking at my life and figuring out what can be removed, I don't even know who to offer credit to for this one, but I love this idea. of It's like this big rock, and when you create a statue, uh, out of that rock. It's about the rock that you take away that reveals the statue that was there. Right? And I think about constantly looking at my life and saying, if I'm going to balance a lot of things, I'm going to have to get good at saying no. And, and then the other part of the equation is just knowing what's non-negotiable for you. 
And there's certain things that you just have to say yes to, and then everything else will just figure out its way around it. But what are your non-negotiables? What things in your life are you saying, I'm just not going to flex on that one? It's my son's birthday. I'm going to be there. It may not fit in perfectly to this and that, but that's going to happen, and then everything else will just have to work around it. And so those principles, I think, are what allow me to balance those things. Um, and, and I would throw in there one more thing and just, you know, feed it, to add on to that would be have a great team. If you, if you are growing, you need to be able to involve others, work through others, and allow them to be part of the mission. The more that we can share our responsibility, if we really believe it's doing great work for the world, we really believe in what we're doing, we should want other people to be part of that with us to fulfill that mission. And so involving others has, has been a big part of balancing more and more and more. I don't necessarily work longer hours the more that I do. I just find out ways to say no to certain activities, I involve others, and keep your core principles, your core values locked in and don't flex. And I can, I can attest to the fact that you have assembled a tremendous team uh, with the Front Row Foundation so that, you, you know, so that you can continue to evolve and grow not just your, your business but also the foundation. And um, you know, you, you've been so effective in getting people on the team to really share the vision of the organization, and that's been so powerful too. Yeah. Uh, so you know what I'll, I'll add to that real quick if I can? Yeah, is that sure. One of the feelings that I have oftentimes in the charity is that I'm so blessed to be working with my friends. I really feel like it's great to go out and do charitable work and give to others. Like that by itself is an amazing feeling. But when you're doing that with your best friends, with people that you love, it, it, it just, it's awesome. I mean, I, I, I love standing at our charity events looking around the room and seeing hundreds of people that I think are the coolest people in the world, people that I love. Like, I, I say to people, go, we're all here raising money for a charity, doing this great work, uh, you know, and, but the greatest part is we're all hanging out. This is a group of people who would want to hang out anyway. So it's like if we're going to go do something on a Saturday, we're going to do it as friends, we could go to do this, you know, uh, or that. But I'll tell you what. If we could go find a way to serve others, if we could find a way to serve others together, we could really feel good about that. You know, we can, we can, go, we can go do all these other activities, and, yeah, they're fun and they're great, and we should do those. But, you know, giving back together, it just feels like the right move, giving back together. And the fun part of the, that equation, John, is where the energy really takes hold. And, you know, having fun and being able to contribute and uh, cre- serve others and create this, this synergy among these people and, uh, and, and have this one vision, this one mission, it really does allow that to take hold and it has truly taken off. That's right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you, you had mentioned, uh, and I want to just go back to this, John, because I feel for our listeners, it's a really important element here. And that is, you mentioned saying no to something that is keeping you busy. 
during the day. Can you give me an example of that so that we can, so the listeners can kind of hone in on something that they may be doing just to keep distracted or busy from, from really sharing their gifts and talents in their most significant way? Yeah, uh, like the most, probably the most uh, common example now is Facebook. For many, the answer would be, you know, the, the, the distraction might be Facebook. Is Facebook a great tool for connecting? Absolutely. Am I glad that I'm a part of it? I am. Um, however, oftentimes, I'll, go, I'll see a great quote. I've got to share that with my friends on Facebook. And I'll go and I'll post it on Facebook. And next thing you know, I'm getting caught by intriguing headlines and, you know, interesting pictures. And next thing you know, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm running through, uh, you know, names of, and updates of things. I'm like, wait a minute, I have zero interest in this at the moment, but I'm just now caught up. I'm just, and, and by the way, there's this part of me that enjoyed that distraction because then I didn't have to go do the really hard work of creating or making big decisions. Sometimes we're paralyzed with these big decisions, so we find ways to do things that fill the day, like Facebook. And uh, we do it sometimes at a very subconscious or even unconscious level. We find reasons to be distracted. We'll, and, we'll, and we'll actually blame it on something that's kind of, def- we can defend it. Like we're sitting down for coffee with a friend, and we love coffee with a friend. And so what we'll do is we'll just say, I'm in the moment, I'm, I'm with my friend, I'm enjoying life, and we'll just carry on for hours and hours. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, that you know, as Matthew Kelly says, that carefree timelessness, you know, the, you just get lost in that time. And, and that's wonderful that you're with a friend. The challenge is that sometimes we use that very noble cause of getting time with our friend as the reason to not sit down and write our book or the reason to, like, really sit down and make that hard decision for our business or our charities or whatever it is, that tough stuff the stuff Brian Tracy calls eating the frog, the things that are the most important things to do that are the hardest things to do um, because they, there might be a lot at stake and we're scared to make a wrong decision or whatever it might be. But, you know, if you wrote that book, how many people would that serve? And so are we using that time with our friends as an excuse? That's what I think it's, we get lost in our day doing things like that. Great example. Thank you. From one recipient to the next, John, the stories become more personal and challenging of these people that are, uh, that are out there that, you know, are looking for a front row uh, event. Um, does any one front row experience really stand out in your mind the most? Or what, is there one that really um, just moved you emotionally as you, as you went through it? And I know so many of them are so moving. Yeah, and I just want to say this real quick, Fee, for anybody who, who might be uh, questioning this or it's still new to them. So Front Row Foundation is like Make-A-Wish, where we, we help people who have a life-threatening illness to see the live event of their dreams from the front row. They go out and they have this incredible experience. And one of the things that makes our organization unique is that we don't just want to make a dream come true. We want to help these individuals to see life differently. Living life in the front row is a life. It's a, it's a way of approaching everything in life. We just want that one day often to be the metaphor for how to live every day. And so when somebody becomes a part of our Front Row Foundation, a family, a recipient, the person who is braving that life-threatening illness, 
and their families. When they become a part of our organization, it's a forever thing. Like it never goes. It, it's like it's not like hey, great, good to meet you. Good luck with everything. We're we're friends with them forever. We celebrate their anniversaries. We develop relationships with people. We want to be part of that front. We want them to be part of our front row family. And so all of our recipients are very special to us. It is very hard to pick a, a favorite because they're all so different. But I always go back to one of our earliest experiences ever, one that really solidified um, my commitment to this cause forever was uh, Sophie. And you may remember this story, see, that Sophie was this little girl who was a big fan of Kelly Clarkson. And we got her to the show, and there was a limousine, of course, and we took her to dinner, and it was this amazing day for Sophie and her mom, her dad, um, her brother, and her, uh, her grandparents. And so Sophie had this amazing day, ended with Kelly Clarkson picking Sophie up backstage, giving her a big hug, talking to her for like 10 minutes, and Sophie's beaming this incredible smile. Her mom would tell us that, you know, with all of what was Sophie was going through, all the pain that she was enduring, this was like the happiest day of Sophie's life. This was the day, the day that she remembers about her daughter because Sophie passed away a month after this experience. And to this very day, uh, her mother, Lauren, has become a very close friend of ours. And we keep in touch. We go celebrate her birthday. We've been to so they started a charity, the Sophie Jane Dar Foundation, and uh, they have this Neverland Ball every year. And we go and support their charity, you know. And we, we, for me, one of the things that was the most shocking was that uh, I always wanted to do the event for the recipient. I always thought for somebody braving that life-threatening illness, this was going to be amazing for them. And what I didn't anticipate was just how much the families would be impacted by it. And what I, what I very quickly realized and was, was you know, I, I became educated that when one person goes through cancer, everybody goes through cancer. Yeah. And so for me, um, this event, you know, for this little girl and her mom and her entire family and to see after Sophie's passing how they were able to live this event on and on and on and tell the stories, the pictures, um, that to me became the most important part, the storytelling you know, we want to say we want to do that better than everybody else. We want to create a photo book and a video better than anybody. We want to be great storytellers of this very important person's life and uh, so that that family can look back on that. Because, listen, just because some family has the money to go to a show doesn't always mean they're great at, like, even taking pictures. Some people will go to concerts. You know this, and we've seen this. They'll go to concerts. They'll go do amazing things. And it's like, oh, we never took any pictures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or we never, we never took any video. Or, or somebody's always out of the pictures and out of the video because they're the ones taking it. But on our events, we have two event directors that go on each one, and we document their whole story. And, and we tell their story. And so for some people, they've never had a video created for them. They've never had a photo book like this created for them. And you know, I remember seeing this one recipient, and they were you know, in their hospital bed and, you know, with the photo album in front of them. And the mom sent us a picture and said, my son won't stop looking at the photo book. Every day he looks at the book. And so I, think, that, I, I think that's my best articulation of you know, who we serve, why we do it, you know, that. I'm sorry if I rambled there a little bit, but it's hard for me not to ramble about this. I have a lot of uh, feelings around it. Worth rambling. We do have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening.
to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. What does creme de la creme mean? It's the greatness of living, the willingness to be the best. It's living beyond what you know is possible with no limitation. Access Consciousness presents Creme de la Creme, a program that empowers you to choose and create the life you would like to have and entices you into being who you are, not who others would have you be. It's the best of the best. It's the finer things in life. It's brilliant. It's fun. It's exciting. Join us for Creme de la Creme every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. And my special guest is John Roman of Front Row Global and the Front Row Foundation. And before break, we were talking about, you know, the many wonderful stories of uh, people who have been involved in the Front Row Foundation and recipients and their families and how how involved those families are and and um, how touched and moved the families are as a result of the the tremendous amount of love and giving that happens when a front row recipient is uh, re- you know receives an a, an event in the front row and um, I was just telling John how amazing it is to hear a five year old like Sophie who her purpose in her life was was to bring you know a tremendous amount of love in a short period of time to her family but also to to instill in John that this is something that needs to continue because without her story without her existence and her passing this would not have been so significant to John and so um, it just shows the tremendous power of a young soul, but certainly a wise soul, and how that all works to benefit many. So really, really wonderful to reflect upon. John, I want to ask you uh, about the foundation and how the foundation has really moved you to significance in your life. Yeah, um, in so many ways. But maybe the biggest fee is just knowing that when I get to the end of my life, whenever that day comes, I know that the Front Row Foundation may be the thing that I am most proud of 
when it comes to what I'm creating in this space. Uh, obviously, excluding things like my son, my family, um, from that from that question, because of course, um, I put my family at the very top of that list. But from what from what I'm creating in my personal or professional life, uh, you know, uh, what I'm contributing to the world in this way, the Front Row Foundation is going to be the thing I'm most proud of. And I've also realized that I'm okay with, you know, uh, I, I don't feel obsessed with making millions or billions of dollars. I don't feel the need to have to prove to the world that I'm the most amazing guy and I've got the most money. But what I am obsessed with is figuring out a way to create as many experiences as possible for others. I am obsessed with that notion of serving families at the highest possible level. And from that, I derive a tremendous amount of joy from feeling like and seeing that I'm making a difference. So I'd say a good half of my week is spent on the charity. And um, I receive zero compensation from the charity. I'm a volunteer executive director. I'm a volunteer chairman of the board. Um, we have very low overhead in our charity. We have a couple of paid positions that are, we need to have paid positions for, but we also have dozens, hundreds of volunteers. And, uh, and so what's great about our charity is that a lot of people derive their significance, their feeling of contribution to the world by being part of what we do whether that's getting connections to an event, getting tickets, or whatever it might be. Right now, by the way, we have an event going on with a volunteer running an event right at this exact moment, um, a WWE event for a young boy named Kevin and, um, and our good friend John, who I was just telling you about earlier, I did the Tough Mudder with, is, uh, is running the event. Wow. So it, it's really cool to see that and to see that in, in our community. Definitely, really cool. For people that want to get involved in the Front Row Foundation, what are what's the best option and what are ways that people can get involved? Number one, join the conversation. Just like us on Facebook, sign up for our newsletter, like just join the conversation of what's going on. And you'll probably see a place where you're like, oh, I could jump in there and I can help out. Go to our website, fill out a volunteer application. That's another way to do it. Or the third way, uh, is that if you have the means and this feels right to you, uh, you know, supporting Front Row financially is key. Um, we have hundreds of people who donate monthly to the cause, as little as $11 a month. And that is the way that we're raising tons of money right now to pay for uh, these events, whether it's flights or meals or ground transportation. Sometimes it's purchasing tickets because sometimes they're donated. But whatever it is, you know, these events cost money. And so, you know, monetary contribution is big. Great. I want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced as people uh, that might be out there, listeners saying, hey, I feel inspired to start a charity or join in. What are some of the challenges that you have faced with the foundation? And what are some of the things that you've done to overcome the challenges? Yeah, um, good question. Uh, You know, I always tell people starting a charity is really easy because I get asked this question a lot. How do you start a charity? And the answer is you come up with an idea, you file for nonprofit status with the government, and literally you could be a charity, as you know, instantly, in a sense. Running the charity is a whole different, um, you know, uh, story. And for a lot of people, they want to do great work. They want to go out and they want to contribute. They want to feel awesome. It's like they want to hand somebody a meal that's hungry, and they want that person to say, to look them in their eyes and say, you changed my life forever. This is awesome. And they have this vision of what charity work is 
in that sense, right? It's like all they do is go out and they give something, and then this person, you know, uh, makes them feel so great when they receive the charitable contribution. And sometimes that is the case. But a lot of times with charity work, one of the greatest hurdles that people will overcome and that we overcome is that a lot of it is just real work behind the scenes. It doesn't necessarily, it's, it's disconnected from what feels like charitable work. When you run a charitable organization, you have, uh, sometimes you have, you have all the things that regular companies deal with, uh, payroll and filing your taxes and, uh, accounting and receipts and, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and you're ordering, you're working with web designers to do the website and graphic designers to do your pieces and you're thinking about your organizing and it's strategy and it's email management. A lot of it is just the normal things that we deal with in life. And, but, but, so people sometimes get that, they get disconnected from the charitable work and the hard work goes into it and then they stop doing it. Um, that's a problem. The other problem is that people will raise their hand and say, I want to give back to a charity and then they'll start to contribute and give back. But then for many people in their lives, charity falls to the bottom of the list. It's, they get lost in uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to always earn more, be more, do more, whatever it might be. And then they, they, the charity feels like it's, well, when I have all the money in the world and all the time, well, then I'll give it back. So that the strategy in life is, let me just spend my first 50 years of life making millions of dollars, and then I'll spend a few decades trying to give it away. And I think, well, what if we just said that our life is about making and giving money away from day one, all throughout the whole process? And I think that I've struggled with that and other people struggle with that, but that's my compass. That's my true north, is finding a way to um, link back what's really charitable about my work to the activities that don't feel so charitable, like doing email or that, you know, all those, those, those tasks at running a charity, and, and knowing that they ultimately lead to these events. And then the other part of it is finding a way to give financially or give your time now. It's never going to be perfect. <laughs> you know, it's never going to be a moment where you're like, shoo, I'm all, you know, this is the perfect time. It's like now is the time. Do it now. Great. Thank you. Front Row Foundation was featured on the Today Show last month, John. What would you attribute that notoriety to as this is growing and expanding? What do you attribute that to? I think all of the people who have put a hand in to support Front Row in the last nine years is what led to that one day. And to be honest, I don't even know how they found out about us, but we got a call and they said, we know about your charity, we love you, and we want to do this piece. And so we're just like, wow. And that, by the way, that Today Show segment has led to several major connections right now that we are in a massive change, you know, changing the face of Front Row Forever type connections. Uh, because of that Today Show segment. And I think that I attribute it to those every person, every single person who's put a hand in to support the front row over the last nine years. That's what made this possible. And I would also say, John, and add to that, that the boomerang that the Front Row Foundation is throwing out spearheaded by you and your amazing team is really a boomerang of total service. And that boomerang is going to have an effect as, you know, a, a, a surprise, hey, the Today Show wants to feature you so that this expansion can happen. And so that is exactly what I'm talking about when I mention this concept of the boomerang movement. It is giving yourself your gifts and talents, which you have done so uh, generously over the years, John, giving giving all of the the amazing 
love and contribution that you have. And it's spreading. And so that kind of thing is, you know, that's the reason why this is uh, really taking hold and expanding in such a big way now. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Faith. That's great. Mm-hmm. For Thank you for pointing that out. Mm-hmm. So where do you see the foundation in the future, John? What's your vision of this future? Yeah, well, the big vision, I was just asked this recently, too, is that every single live event around the world has somebody from the charity sitting in the front row. And that the, the norm is for an, an, a, you know, a, a performer, a musician, a, an athlete to say, you know, at the beginning of a game or a show, um, hey, who's in the front row from the charity tonight? And I think that if it becomes a social norm, uh, that will be a pretty cool day. So that's, that's the big vision. Um, the everyday vision is to never lose the quality uh, that we have with our experiences now, that, that attention, that love that we give to every single person. Um, we don't want to lose that. So it's how do we become scalable and grow without losing that very family feel that we value so much. The personal touch. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And the Front Row brand, as you mentioned earlier, is really such a valuable legacy for you to create and for you to uh, leave whenever that may be. What is it that you or who is it that you would like to be most known for? (laughs) Well... Well, if I understand the question correctly, Faith, what, how I would answer that is that um, I, for me personally, I hope that when I'm, when I, when, at the end of my life, when, when, you know, when people are talking about me personally, I hope that they would say John was a giver and John you know, uh, wanted to help people. But that's what I, I hope it's as simple as that. Like John wanted to give and he wanted to help people. I hope that's as simple as they were to see me. If my son learned one thing, it would be to help people, to give and help people. Find your unique way of doing that. There's a million ways to do it. Uh, find the one that calls to your heart and do that. For me, Front Row Foundation is my greatest fear and my greatest love. It's, my greatest fear is having my ride end early and my greatest love is moments that we remember forever. You know, it's like, I want to do a, I want to have a moment at this event or this thing that we remember and talk about forever. I love that. So you, you take, you know, right now on the call, I would say to all your listeners, is think about what's your greatest fear, what's your greatest love, and try to marry those together, because from that, you'll find unending fuel for what it is that you want to do. And uh, I think that I will be known for, our community will be known for the Front Row brand. I think that's what we'll be known for. But I think the front row brand will stand for how do you live your life in a way that puts you out there totally engaged, which ultimately helps people. Because I know this quote's been used so much, almost to the point where I don't want to share it because it's just so common, but maybe it's so common because it's so good. <laughs> Is that Marianne Williamson, right? When we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others permission to do the same. But I think when people live life in the front row, they give other people permission, other people permission to do the same. I think that one of our greatest gifts to the world is when we figure out how to let our light shine, when we figure out how to stand in the front row and rock out at the concert and enjoy life, we unconsciously give other people permission to enjoy their lives and to uh, stand up and, and be, a, you know, and, 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 you know, ultimately I talk about this in my messages, to be a spark, 
you know, and, and, uh, and I think that's what the front row legacy is going to be about. It's going to be about being a person, uh, acting in a way that's a spark for other people to do the same thing. So I, you know, I, 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 you know, I may not have answered it directly there, but that, that's my best attempt at, I think, what you're getting at. Well, I would say, John, that helping people is something that you are doing and doing it in a big way. And your enthusiasm is certainly a spark to so many people that you come in contact with. And, and I'm sure people can hear your and feel your passion and your enthusiasm as they listen to your message and um, just the incredible energy that you derive. And it's, it's, it's a very symbiotic relationship. You give and you receive. That's the whole idea of this boomerang effect and boomerang movement, definitely. Yeah. We are actually uh, about to wrap up, and I really do want to tell you, John, that it's been such an honor and a privilege to have you join the show today. It's been amazing. I do want to... Yeah, thank you so much. I do want to uh, encourage our listeners to be sh- to be sure to share your boomerang stories with me either on Facebook, email me at fiatdirectconnectcoaching.com. Um, and just to wrap up with on this very important Earth Day, um, I came across a Native American proverb early this morning, and it says that we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors, we borrow it from our children. So I wish you a very joyful week. God bless our troops. Thank you so much, John Roman. And let's shine our light as much as we can this week. Have a great week. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Fima Zanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.